Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. It's your boy, Ralph Lark. What up, y'all? Here for some Week 12 NFL action. Getting it out to you again a little later than usual, but hey, call and complain if you don't like it. If you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you. Good to have you. You're about to find out today why the repeat offenders keep showing up. God bless them. It's for the good information. This is some of the best free information you're going to find out there. Take it and use it as you will. We talk football here. We talk football from a point of knowledge. We use numbers, statistics to back it up. We don't play from the heart. We play from the head. That's what you get at the process here. You don't copy and paste my DFS picks. Any Tiger Bomber could tell you that by now. You intertwine them with your own. You're a good player. I'm a good player. We're going to marry our information. That's what the process is. There's that and a whole lot more here. So welcome to it. Some of you know, if you're new, you don't know yet, but there's a couple of places to find the process. First and foremost, you can go to our website, www.tigerbombsae.com. I think it doesn't look too bad. Somebody recently told me today, it sucks because they have to scroll down. So sorry to make you exercise, but if you're willing to type that into your browser, you can click on the process page. So not a lot of scrolling down, actually. You can click on the process page and it will take you right to our information. Now, here's where you might have to scroll a little down the page a bit to see the podcast. You hit play and you can hear it while you see my picks for the week. You can also look at any of the um, DFS picks for the week that are also uploaded by me. Now, all this is at the website. This is a great way to view what we have here and support us. Guys, I wanna let you know too, before I forget, um, we'll have some stuff for you for the Thanksgiving slate. Cause that's a good chunk of football right there. I don't wanna leave you hanging. so. You know, maybe just a smaller, quicker podcast or something like that. I'm not sure, but we'll get something. Anyway, so the website's a good way to find us. Spotify or iTunes, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can probably find us too. Um, Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. If you search that and all of that, don't shorten it. You'll find some weird stuff. But if you search that, the podcast will come up. Hit like or subscribe. This way, you won't miss an episode. We'll have other episodes too, other stuff. Um, that's coming down the pipe, hopefully. Uh, if you're a social media type person, Facebook and Twitter, you can find us there. Same way, you can search at the process TBSAE. Our Facebook page, our Twitter page will come up. Twitter's good for banter on Sunday, last minute. You know, so who should I start type deal? Facebook, I try to put more of the news notes from the NFL out there, maybe funny memes, stuff like that. And always, guys, if you need, you can email us here at the process. It's the process at tigerbombsae.com. If you want to ask me some extended question or there's some segment you want to hear, lay it on me. All right, so that's the good stuff right there. Um, <clears throat> we're just going to move into our week 12 action. Kind of have a brisk pace this week. Get you the facts of this sandwich and get you out of here. And we're going to start with everybody's first um, segment and favorite segment, I think. And we're going to tidy things up a little bit with something we like to call housekeeping. Housekeeping, me fluff pillow, me fix your team. All right, well, let's get on to a little bit of housekeeping for week 12. Um, 
here in the NFL. There's we have some other stuff too. It's not just going to be football again. Like last week, we talked a little bit about Disney Plus. We got some other stuff to talk about this week, um, which will be cool. But first, let's get into the football. That's most important. Um, you know, just a couple of things. Through 11 weeks, five quarterbacks total 50 or more rushing attempts. That's Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. All five quarterbacks rank top 10 in fantasy points per game. So, look, we have to talk about continually the evolution of the game in terms of the fantasy football game obviously the evolution of the real football game but as it relates to the evolution of fantasy football and we see right now um you know having that mobile quarterback is where it's at right having that guy with the ability to add to his value on the day by being able to take off and get a first down or lamar jackson's case dominate on the ground all day long um, it really does add plus value. One name that's surprising there is Kyler Murray, but he looks like he's the real deal. As they continue to build the team around him, they're just only going to get better. Um, I know I was a little skeptical, especially with his size and stuff like that. He's not the tallest dude, but he's proven it week in, week out. And the only thing that I would be worried about is the sophomore slump. Not only just for him, but for Coach Kiff, uh, Cliff, Kiff, excuse me, Coach Cliff Kingsbury. Yes, I'd be worried about the slump for him too. Um, <clears throat> moving into sophomore year. Look at what's going on with Nagy in Chicago. The NFL is a quick paced thing. That's what we're talking about. They're going to figure out what you're doing and it's, and it's going to be about whether you can adjust and you can ask McVay and them about how hard that is to do and um, the disappointment it'll get you if you can't. So, you know, these rushing quarterbacks um, adding to their value is a really big thing. These are all like potential playoff teams, too, except for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, of course, which is why this just points to good regression in the, in the years to come for him. Positive regression. But um, no, this is this is something that we can take moving forward as well. So think about going into next year. When you're thinking about your quarterback, whether you're thinking about taking high, whether you're thinking about you know trying to grab something at value, like I got with Lamar Jackson this year, it is important to think about um, a guy that's going to be able to add with his feet. Josh Allen, two years in a row, has been able to do it now, um, and the numbers speak for themselves. So just just something to you know keep keep in your mind there. Next thing we need to talk about is the playoff picture. Um, just want to kind of go over how things are shaping up and you know so obviously on the afc side of things um the patriots they're nine and one so they're looking you know they're looking like the one seed projected right now you know if the playoffs were tomorrow on the nfc side of things it'd be the 49ers all right so those would be the two teams that would have the buy um then the you know then the second uh best teams for each division right now would be the ravens and the Packers. So this would be huge steps forwards for the Ravens and the Niners and the Packers, all based off of, you know, their disappointing seasons last year. Here at the process, this would be a surprise for us in terms of the Packers. If you go back and look at, you know, kind of the stuff we went over in the preseason, we kind of expected the Niners to be really good. We expected the Ravens, expected the Patriots. We picked the Patriots to win it all. So, You know, and it's always nice to go back and look at that stuff, too. You got to hold people to what they said. Um, A lot of people want to, you know, I said, you know, get the credit. Well, show me unless you can reproduce it. And all my stuff's right there for you. So, um, you know, moving forward past there, though, um, in the wild card round, uh, you know, right now you'd have the uh, Texans and the Chiefs as the third and fourth seeds in the AFC. And then you'd have the uh, Bills as the fifth seed to the first wild card, and then the Raiders as the sixth seed. So, you know, big surprise there in terms of the Raiders and even the Bills. Um, you know, I never, I guess I took into, a, I, I did, well, their schedule, we know was pretty light, but um, we'll have to see how they finish. I mean, uh, this team, honestly, I feel like very well could implode just as they come up against a stiffer competition because they have had a really light schedule. The Chiefs, meanwhile, um, they're hanging on and, you know, they're they're in it for a playoff seed right now. So and they're still on top of that division. So there's, you know, promise for them, even though they've had struggle on the NFC side of things. Um, <clears throat> it'd be the Saints. 
against the Vikings, the Saints be that third seed. Um, and it'd be the Cowboys at the fourth seed. Um, and it'd be the Cowboys versus the Seahawks. Seahawks would have the sixth seed. So the wild cards would be the Seahawks and the Vikings right now. The Vikings have really had an impressive year. They've had the sort of year that I expected the Bears to have. And they've struggled and kind of matured all in front of our eyes, right? Grow, grew up, went to high school, got a diploma. Now they're out there in the working world trying to earn a buck. So um, the Vikings are interesting. Um, <clears throat> The Cowboys hanging on right now, um, and and the, th the teams that are out, you know, if we look at the AFC side right now, chasing not in is the Colts at six and five, so they're right there. Steelers at five and five are right there. Titans at five and five are right there. We'll cut it right there. Now on the NFC side of things, just looking out <clears throat> is the Rams at six and four, but there's two games, right? There's two games in between them because the sixth seed in the NFC is eight and three. So, you know, or, or one and a half games at least based on the, you know, the one of them not having the buy yet. So, I mean, that's, there's some ground to make up already. We're getting to the end of the year. They're six and four. The Eagles are five and five. The Panthers are five and five. So those are the only teams that really have a shot realistically. The Panthers seem to be floating down more and more as we find out who Kyle Allen is. For those of you that thought he was the guy, he's not. He threw four picks and no touchdowns last week. He's not the guy. All right. So you got to put that baby to bed. The Eagles are hanging in there. They're only a game behind the Cowboys. They could easily be in and the Cowboys could be out in a matter of a week or two. So there's a lot of going on here. And it's interesting to just take a look and see because even for fantasy purposes, we want to see which teams are still playing for something. Who's going to be putting, <clears throat> you know, their foot on the gas and trying to really, you know, haul, haul ass to the end here. These teams are the same teams that enter the playoffs hot and can usually go deep. So that's why we take a look at that. And, you know, why not we 12 as things start to wind down here? We can we can sort of see things taking shape um, in terms of front runners. I would say it's still got to be New England on the AFC side of things. I mean, the Ravens, they look strong. But until you have to go to New England, <clears throat> And I don't think they're going to be able to beat them twice. You know what I mean? So that's something to think about. I don't think they're going to be able to beat them twice. Um, on the other side of things, the Niners, I look, I'll say this. They have the record. They look the part. But honestly, too many guys on that team have never been there before. And it's a big moment. It's a big moment. So I could see them falling just short. Um, for the Packers, you know, I don't know. I think maybe coaching. When it comes down to it, we're going to see, you know, this rookiness of the coach will rear its head in the ugly ways, in the worst situations. And just like for the players, for the coaches too, it's the, it's the playoffs. Things are going quick. Um, I don't think they'll have what it takes um, to get it done. But the Saints, I believe, I believe Drew Brees can whip it back into shape. He's got to put some more mustard on these passes, but he can do it. The Seahawks look dangerous. Russ Wilson looks ready to make anything happen. So <clears throat> he may be able to even carry that defense. So, you know, those are kind of the front runners as I look at it. Um, you know, lurking, I see the Chiefs. Um, you know, maybe on the other side of things, lurking, I see the Eagles. Like I said, just got to pay attention to them. So, but that's the playoff picture right now. Okay, let's talk about some non- NFL things here in the housekeeping. Let's tidy things up. And one thing I want you guys to do is if you don't try to watch some basketball. This is not what we've been getting um you know for a while now. This is something different. This is something better. This parody again. I am not a fan of you know this whole idea of just, you know, one team is dominant and we know who's going to win it. And it's all about seeing who could take them. To. That is only a little. It's not very exciting for me. So it's been hard for me to watch the NBA in recent years because I haven't felt. I felt like fans of the NBA dismiss the obvious non-parity. Like they like it so much that they pretend like teams that have a chance to win have a chance. But they don't. Like we've known for the past couple of years. It's been the Warriors. Before that, it's been LeBron. Anything else? few and far in between surprise right but there's these you know fans that you know every year they'll say you know oh i like this team or i like okc i like that you know it's it's not real right but now 
there's been so many dudes going to different places um you know taking on new opportunities it is real now it is real there's parody in the nba it's been hard for me as a kid growing up in the jordan era to enjoy good basketball um but i have a feeling that everything is coming it's coming and it's been really good so if you don't get into the nba usually now is a good time to kind of like maybe swing back towards that i kind of like watch on twitch honestly like i'll be doing stuff during the week or doing research or um you know whatever the case may be but like on my imac i'll have twitch on and like somebody's like usually streaming a game i'll check it out that way and you know just keep yourself aware of the action and if you like dfs you know then especially if you like dfs baseball basketball is the same thing it's daily you can get that in so just some stuff to think about obviously we don't do like a basketball show here there's not it's not enough bandwidth um if you ever looked at the website there's like a template for everything it's set up but still working on <clears throat> you know trying to figure out the ins and outs of that maybe even working with somebody else to do it but um but yeah you guys should get into the nba for sure especially for the um, daily fantasy stuff it's really really fun and you know this you know football's winding down as you get to the playoffs and stuff like that so you're gonna want to do something until baseball comes back so you know a lot of us we hop in around christmas time you know new year then you ride the, the basketball wave right so all the way up to baseball speaking of baseball winter meetings going on white Sox made a big splash already my white Sox, we know it's been a joke since like 2017 you know it's like 2020 or bust but here we come right they signed yasmani grandal to a four-year 73 million dollar contract this week gave that big boy some big boy dollars um a lot of people wondering you know what's the deal behind this especially when you had james mccann who was an all-star last year who we had on a um you know pretty team friendly deal there look McCann that that year is an outlier versus the years he's had previously right so there's been a whole lot of um you know not positive stuff going on with him when he was with Detroit so we don't know if the version we got as the White Sox is really who he is or if the Detroit version is really who he is and was an anomaly right so I like you know having this plan anyway um you know he hits lefties grandal's a switch hitter he can crush those you know righties um but you know i just like well there's room for them there's room for them mccann can he can do he can um catch cease and he can catch like you know copic and then you know there's still three other guys because we'll need to buy another starting pitcher then there's you know three other guys for grandal to catch so i mean there's room you know, and then like Grandal could play four out of five days if we do it like this, because we could have him DH as well. There's room; it could work, so it's not stupid. Um, and they want to show teams that you know we're ready, we're capable, we're making moves. We needed a guy that can hit for a little bit of power, middle of the lineup, provide a little bit of pop. We got we got some stuff we're looking for. Obviously, they're still looking for a right fielder and some pitching. And those maybe even be a little bit more dire efforts, but they'll get there. Um, you can't, like Rick Hahn said this week at the meetings, you can't judge the timing of these things sometimes. You know, you got to jump on things when they're ready and when they're available. And he was, and it's a good move, you know, just showing us as fans that it's, uh, it's time. It's time. So I like it. Last thing I want to talk about. Guys, if you don't have an opportunity to... Um, you know maybe like i guess one thing i would suggest to you like on a musical basis especially as we get around the holidays and stuff like that you're gonna have family friends over and stuff guys get into records man there's nothing like old vinyl records and i know it's gonna sound cliche or whatever but like honestly look i live um uh in here in los angeles a few weeks ago I went over to amoeba which is a huge record store here a lot of history <clears throat> very cool stuff man you can find a lot of gems in there it's nice to listen to records in there but then you dive through the discount bin right find some nice gems in there and one thing that i've been able to pick up is this new appreciation for jazz so i'm gonna lay lay two names on you two jazz names if you get a chance to listen to any of these vinyl records you know maybe start a collection of your own look it's not all about you know jazz or old classic rock or whatever you can find everything on vinyl i have 
Wu-Tang Clan on vinyl. I have 30, I have 36 chambers on vinyl. So you can find whatever you want. I have Jay-Z's, the, you know, the Grey album, which is like the black album lyrics over the uh, Beatles white album music. It's interesting. It's called the Grey album if you've never heard it. I have that on vinyl. So you can find anything. And my suggestion would be really go down that because there's a whole like um hobby out of finding them curating your collection taking care of them things like that right playing them and enjoying that but again to go back to my original point real cool thing to do when you have family and friends around the holidays play those records and so i'm going to suggest two jazz uh musicians for you uh, maybe you can just look listen them up on youtube if you want to uh, but first is gary peacock peacock like the animal gary peacock and the second is Art Blakey, B-L-A-K-E-Y, B-L-A-K-E-Y. So Gary Peacock and Art Blakey. If you get a chance to listen to either one of those cats and the bands they roll with, that's just good stuff right there. You don't have to have been old to, to appreciate that. It's just good music and um, you know some sophistication behind it, if you will. But man, check, do yourself a favor, broaden your horizons, check it out. All right, that's our housekeeping for this week. So go ahead and clean house. You now have everything you need. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. All right, time for a round of Would You Rather. So let's just breeze through a couple of these for week 12. Cortland Sutton or Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton's going to have a tougher matchup this week in that game um, for the Broncos. So I'll take Philip Lindsay, um, who you'll see later on we're going to recommend in DFS anyway. So James White or Michael Gallup? I'll take Michael Gallup this week. Robert Woods or Sony Michelle? I'll take Sony Michelle this week. James White or John Brown? Uh, I'll take James White. John Brown's in a real bad matchup. I'll take Evan Ingram uh, Evan Ingram or Joe Mixon. Well, I don't think Evan Ingram's going to play. Joe Mixon's in a bad matchup, but I guess we'll have to take him. Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs. I'll take Adams. Uh, he's in a tough matchup, but so is Jacobs. Greg Olson or Philip Dorsett. I'll take Greg Olson this week. Mark Ingram or John Brown. I'll take Mark Ingram. Tyrell Williams or Joe Mixon. I'll take Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams or Devin Singletary? I'll take Devin Singletary. Chris Hunt or Curtis Samuel? Curtis Samuel. Hunt is, I mean, he's out there. They throw passes to him, but don't get carried away with that. Right? Um, James White or Terry McLaurin? McLaurin's got a bad matchup. I'll take James White. Brandon Cooks or Terry Cohen? I'll take Terry Cohen. Raheem Mostert or Corey Davis? Ugh, terrible, both of these. I'll take Corey Davis. David Montgomery or Debo Samuel? Let me get David Montgomery. Tevin Coleman or Tyra Williams? I'll take Tevin Coleman. Brandon Cooks or Jamal Williams, I will take Brandon, uh, Jamal Williams played right. Kareem Hunt or Michael Gallup, um, I will take, um, man, that's a tough one right there. Let me get Kareem Hunt. All right, uh, Kenny Galladay or Miles Sanders, let me get Kenny Galladay. I like that matchup, Tyree Kill. Or Ronald Jones, I will take Ronald Jones. I don't think Hill's going to play. Sonny Michelle, if Hill does play, then Hill. Sonny Michelle or Terry McLaurin, I'll take Sonny Michelle. Jarvis Landry or David Montgomery, David Montgomery. Dallas Goddard or Bo Scarborough, I'll take Dallas Goddard. Royce Freeman or James Washington, I will take um, Royce Freeman, I guess. Both terrible. John Brown or Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay. Adrian Peterson or Devontae Parker. I feel like it's a guy's time, so uh, Parker. Kenny Galladay or Devin Singletary. Um, I'll take Galladay. Mark Ingram or Tyrell Williams. Mark Ingram, Devontae Parker or Joe Mixon. Parker. Sterling Shepard or Ronald Jones II. I'll take Ronald Jones. Darryl, Darren Waller or Cortland Sutton. Waller. Golden Tate or James White. I will take... Allen Robinson or Miles Sanders, Robinson, uh, Devontae Parker or Ronald Jones. I'll take Ronald Jones. John Brown or Devin Singletary. I'll take Singletary. Uh, Brandon Cooks or Miles Sanders. I'll take Miles Sanders. John Brown or Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen. James Jameson Crowder or Kareem Hunt. Jameson Crowder. Um, 
Mark Cooper or Jalen Samuels. I'll take Jalen Samuels this week. John Brown or Chris Carson. I'll take Chris Carson. Alshon Jeffrey or Kareem Hunt. I'll take Jeffrey if he plays. Nikhil Harry or Dawson Knox. I'll take Harry. Uh, DJ Moore or Mark Andrews. I'll take DJ Moore, actually. Um, Tevin Coleman or DJ Chark. I will take Tevin Coleman. Tyler Lockett or Reggie Bonifan. I'll take Tyler Lockett. I know he's in a bad uh, matchup, but he should do more than that. Randall Cobb or Dallas Goddard. I'll take Goddard. Um, and Jameson Crowder or Josh Jacobs. I will take Crowder. All right, that's your would you rather for week 12. Now you guys know who I would rather, so hopefully you have a better idea of who you would rather. And now it's time for the process to reload. All right, everybody, here we go. So first game, Giants at Bears. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, we know what the deal with him is. Without pressure, pretty decent. When he's pressured, lots of trouble. The Bears, they can put the pressure on. So, um, you know, this is probably going to turn into an issue for him. Um, they are number 10 in the pass rush grade. So that's going to be the story of the game for him. Is I think he's going to get rattled. They could possibly force some turnovers. I know a lot of people thinking the Giants can win this game, and it's possible, but the Bears' backs are to the wall. So I think defensively they're going to show up and do what they need to do. Um so Daniel Jones is probably going to have some struggles. So Saquon Barkley, though, I do like him. I do think that he can have himself a good day. I think the Bears will miss just enough tackles. I think he's shifty enough. They're going to have a difficult time with him. I could see that. Um, wide receiver-wise, Sterling Shepard looks like he's about to going to, you know, he's going to play this week. So it becomes, you know, this is a bad matchup for them against this Chicago secondary, but it becomes even more muddied when it's a good matchup because you have Shepard and Tate now. Um, Ingram will be back presumably next week. And, you know, you have Barkley. There's a lot of weapons to go around. So then it becomes interesting to see, you know, you know, I guess we won't have confidence in who's the preferred target is what I'm saying. Um, Fading the tight end position since we know Ingram's out. Defensively, Giants are going to have their hands full, but they could probably play well they could get some turnovers maybe even a pick six um so i think that they are definitely in play if you if you want to you know run them out that's not bad um the bears on their side of the ball we know you know at quarterback you know i know there's people in chicago that are saying you know you'd rather have them start the the backup um chase daniels there's people saying trubisky you know is a little better the fact of the matter is there's something going on with him. He is not, he was not this bad last year, but he's terrible now. I think t- teams are queuing in on the things that are the worst situations for him, the most difficult situations, and they continually bring that up for him. He's in a tough division. He's got a coach that is not really doing anything to help him out. I know they tried to simplify things to help him, but simple for you means simple for the defense too. So... That's not really working. He's going to continue to struggle even against softer matchups. And the Giants here, this is a softer matchup. But you can't really even suggest playing him in confidence. So there's that. David Montgomery, though, probably in a really good uh, position this week. They should lean on him, and I like that. Um, This could be a running back defense sort of stack for the Bears uh, team this week. Um, So he's in a good place. Wide receiver wise, Allen Robinson, you know, he's been he's been so good this year despite his quarterback. And this is another scenario where he should have double digit points, but who knows what's gonna happen because of who he's throwing to. So we can't even recommend him with confidence based on his terrible quarterback and the Bears aren't getting much from the tight end position either. Um again with Chicago's defense though, they've surrendered twenty seven percent of their receiving fantasy points to tight ends which ranks third most. So, you know, for the Giants, I don't know if they're going to be able to capitalize, though. Um, we'll have to see what sort of a, um, like maybe like maybe Slayton in the slot or something like that, or Tate. Maybe we could recommend Tate because he could run across the middle where they seem to have problems. 
like trying to cover that tight end. So maybe we could recommend Tate because they do have injury issues there. But I, I'll take the Bears in this one. Reload. All right, next game is the Dolphins at the Browns. And in this one, the... Um, the Dolphins, you know, Fitzpatrick, I think he has a chance to have a decent day here. Um, I don't think he's going to be extremely terrible. We know that the Browns are going to be without uh, Miles Garrett. So defensively, you know, not going to be at their best pass for us. I think Fitzpatrick can be decent. Uh, running the ball, Miami, they just don't get much miles out of Kalen Ballard. So I can't even recommend him. Devontae Parker, you can start him as like a wide receiver three if you need, flex option if you need, put himself in play over the last couple of weeks. This isn't the worst matchup. Gusecki, I probably fade. And the Dolphins defense should hang around for a little bit and then give it up in the end probably. Uh, on the Brown side of things, um, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to be good. But for DFS purposes, I think he's uh, too expensive. You know, there's... It's such a good matchup on the ground for Chubb that I don't know how effective, um, luckily for them, Mayfield will have to beat, right? So is he, is it a good matchup for him? Yes, um, but I think this is a great matchup for Chubb, who I think is going to go off. Beckham, his target share in the last two weeks has been 31% when they've been on this little wind tear here. Beckham has seen 14 red zone targets but a zero touchdown. So I think they're going to keep trying to look to him. That's a crazy anomaly. He will get in the box if they continue to look to him to that you know um, degree. And Joku may be back. Um, if so, I mean I don't know how effective he's going to be right away. We can wait on that. Defensively, the Browns should be good. Um, they should do enough to win this game. But I don't think you have to pick them, like especially for DFS purposes. But yeah, for season if you need, of course, you can go with that. Um, but this is a game that they should win. They're at home. We'll pick the Browns. Reload. All right, next game is the Bucks at the Falcons, and the Falcons have been better, point blank. They've been playing better ball. This is a divisional rivalry. I don't know how much of a shootout this is going to be, but the Bucks are coming in, and Winston, a little expensive for DFS purposes this week, I feel like, in my opinion, um, but you still have to recommend him just because there's so few options, but I just, you know, limited is what we could call it. I just feel that everything is very, very limited with regard to what we can get from him. Um, <clears throat> running back wise, Jones, again, uh, I think he's in play. I, I haven't heard much about him this week, but honestly, if they stay balanced, that can maybe help with the turnovers. That's the problem with Winston. He's going to have a large yardage day and then turn the ball over. Um, and we don't know how many times. It's a question mark. And it's just, you know, that becomes the thing is, is it worth it to take that? The Falcons defense has been playing a little better lately. This team, probably not a one and seven team. That's how they started out the gate. So they're gonna miss the playoffs, but they look like they're poised to, you know, finish strong and possibly, you know, give some other teams some fits. So um, you know, I do like Ronald Jones a little bit. Wide receiver wise, you know, Evans and Godwin, I mean, they are in play. But it's all about um, Winston, you know, it, it's, it's so volatile, right? Like it's so volatile in terms of will he turn the ball over. But I would have to say Godwin's a little more secure this week. Um, at tight end, Break got 10 catches in week 11. So, you know, they benched O.J. Howard. Look, when, when players get benched, they're in the doghouse. It usually doesn't last for like three, four weeks. So I know a lot of people are banking on this type of production, but I don't, I don't know necessarily if it's going to be there. If you need to take a flyer, totally get it. But, um, you know, I don't think it's anything to write home about essentially is what I'm getting at. Um, now on the Falcon side of things, uh, <clears throat> again, Matt Ryan been playing, um, better. I feel like he's going to get back on track. That injury kind of sidetracked him a little bit. Um, but this is a winnable game for them. This is a team where he can exploit this secondary, and they have to try to do that. Um, running the ball, I the Bucks. we know how good they are against the run. So obviously with all the injuries, Hill didn't perform well last week. I don't see any reason to recommend that. So uh, Julio Jones should have high consideration. Calvin Ridley, for sure. They're going to try to get the ball to these guys, and we know that... Um, Austin Hooper's out. Bucks are terrible against the tight end. 
Um, it's split between a couple of guys. I mean, Stocker got more of the snaps last week, but it's not something that can be counted on because of the injury. We'd love to have Hooper here, but we just don't. So we don't have to force it through this pinhole, basically, is what I'm saying. Their defense can be in play, though, um, the, based on what they've been doing. Um, I like this idea that they're going to show up. It really, what we can, there's a correlation here. Look, Dan Quinn, he, he gave up the play calling duties following the week nine by. You know, it's like when you have that come to Jesus moment. Something just ain't working, and we got to do something to turn things around. So he gave up those uh, play calling duties. Since then, in just two games, Atlanta's defense has recorded 11 sacks and four turnovers while allowing six points per game. They've scored a league-high 36 fantasy points over that span, which is also four times as much as their total over their prior eight games. So, look, this is a different matchup for Tampa Bay. This is why I say this is a winnable game for the Falcons. They're going to show up. The defense is in play. This is a game that I think that they win, actually. Reload. All right, next game is the Broncos at the Bills. And... It's going to be an interesting game. Some decent defense should be played in this one. Um, the Broncos hoping Brandon Allen can continue to give him some mileage. But the Bills are a little bit tougher. We know they're a tougher matchup. Now, against them, what you can do is run the ball. So we do like the prospect of you know, um, going with Phillip Lindsay this week. I think that's what they're going to have to do to take some of the burden off of Allen. So maybe some play action can hit for him. Excuse me. I would say, um, you know... Following Emmanuel Sanders' departure, fans is averaging eight targets and 12 and a half fantasy points per game. It's not a good matchup, but I think they're going to try to force it to him anyway. He's been feeling that void since that departure, like we talked about. But, um, you know, it's this isn't the best team to be doing it against. So we'll see, you know, how that pans out. Um, but again, all about Philip Lindsay. Defensively, the Broncos. I, you know, they should show up and have the chance to play well. Um, I don't know if they're going to get turnovers or anything like that, but their offense, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they can maybe win this game. They jumped out to a lead last week and eventually lost that football game. They're going to have to find a way to finish off an opponent, and they're hoping that this is the week to do it. Um, on the Bills side, Josh Allen playing, you know, he we know what he is. And he's going to keep them honest by trying to run just enough, right? So I think that adds to his value. But it's a tough matchup. We fade him today if we don't have to play it. Um, running the ball, though, Devin Singletary is interesting. Um, but again, very volatile. This is like a GPP thing. He's just not been dependable. But he's interesting. I think he's in play. Um, wide receiver-wise, John Brown, he's probably not a play. He's going to see a lot of Chris Harris, and that's shut down. So... I think that, the, again, for them, the way to do it is running the ball. Not going to be a lot of room for Knox, I don't think. So we're going to have to, um, you know, try to figure out what we can do on the ground is the best path to win this game for the Bills. Um, you got to expect uh, Chris Sutton to draw covers from Tredavious White, who uh, ranks top 25 in both PFF, PFF grade and fantasy points allowed per snap. So, again, for the Broncos, tough matchup through the air. For the Bills, tough matchup through the air. So... You know, both these teams probably going to be enticed to run in the football a little bit. I'm thinking this is a low-scoring game, um, but I'm going to give the edge to the Bills at home. Reload. Our next game is the Steelers at the Bengals. And in this game, Steelers going on the road and what should be a big old W, but, you know, they're banged up uh, right now at running back. They're banged up at wide receiver. Samuels is going to go, but, you know, even if Connor goes, he's banged up. We don't think Snell's going, but he's banged up. I mean, there's a lot of injury here. So Samuels should see a fair amount of work, should see a fair amount of passes out of the backfield to help out Mason Rudolph. Um, the Steelers are banged up at wide receiver, too. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get any production through the air that way. Vance McDonald, you can count, you know, his stock's got to go up a little bit this week based on his surroundings. Um, defensively, the Steelers have allowed four touchdowns to tight ends in their last four games and the seventh most points per game to the position. So, um, for the Bengals, you know, they're going to have to try to get it to Eifert. And there's been more of an effort, I would say, to get it to him um, since the quarterback has been replaced, since Ryan Finley has taken over for Andy Dalton. 
Eifer was managing a 9.7% target share with um, Dalton and with Finley, he's got 13.1%. So a little bit of an uptick. This is a good matchup for him. Um, they're banged up at wide receiver. It's it's going to be the Travis Boyd or Tyler Boyd show, but I think that the Steelers secondary is too good. Their defense is too good right now. So, you know, Mixon, they're going to have to try to run him a fair amount, but I don't think it's going to amount to much. Uh, they're in a tough matchup here. And I think the Steelers' defense is in a great spot here. So, um, you know, this is a game where the Bengals have been playing a little bit better. I just, there's just, I can't, there's no way I see them winning this game. Steelers are going to get it. Reload. All right, our next game is the Panthers at the Saints. Divisional game. And Panthers on the road here. Kyle Allen is among 34 NFL quarterbacks with 100 or more clean pocket dropbacks in 2019. Allen ranks last in clean pocket passing grade, 66.2. So this is why I said earlier, he's not the guy. He is not the guy, and we have to come to terms with that. Um, he's going to struggle against the Saints here. They hope to get Lattimore back, but either way, he's going to struggle. They played well in Lattimore's absence last week. Um, it's going to be more about getting it to... Um, McCaffrey and this is a tough matchup for him the Saints are good against the run but you know he's he can catch passes too so somehow some way he's going to find some good value McCaffrey we know that that's what he does week in and week out um <clears throat> for the wide receivers Samuel and Moore I just you know they've been coming on pretty steadily and if this team gets behind big then yes they're going to have to play some catch up in this garbage time type stuff of the two, I maybe take Samuels, especially in DFS where he's cheaper, right? But not a whole, whole bunch of confidence there. Olsen's in play. I do like him, though. He's going to have to check down to him a bit. I like that. For the Panthers, defensively, they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to running back. So we know for the Saints, Breeze still trying to put some mustard on that pass. He's going to have to whip that arm in shape a little bit more. But this is more of a Kamara game. He's coming back from injury. But he was still able to get his normal range of touches last week, 23. So he got 10 catches. I mean, he's in play for sure. Um, wacky value on DFS, like in my opinion, based on where he's been. But um, no, he's in play though, for sure. Wide receiver-wise, Michael Thomas always in play. You guys know better than the bet against that man. Um, you know, maybe, you know, uh, I I'm trying to think of it, if anybody else could could be in play wide receiver wise for the new orleans saints um i don't know um it's going to be a tough matchup for for them the panthers have been pretty good through the air um you know i would say even like um sorry i keep got distracted by my phone there um <clears throat> it's gonna be a tough matchup for them through the air I'm thinking even at the tight end position, it's a tough matchup for them. So, But defensively, they'll be able to find some room for sure. Um, that is very, very possible. Um, in this one, I do think that the Saints find a way to win, though. If they can assert Kamara, I think that's the road. Lean on him, lean on the defense, try to get away with one. Reload. All right, the Raiders and the Jets. Um, the Raiders are visiting the Jets, and the Raiders, like we said, are... They control their own destiny. They're a playoff team right now. So they're going to try to keep surging forward. Carr's yet to break 300 yards in any game this year. So he's just managing this bad boy all the way to the playoffs, right? He has not fallen below 10 fantasy points, though, um, in any more than two games this year. So they played 10 games. Eight of those, he didn't fall below 10. So he's been pretty steady. He's actually generated a higher passer rating when pressured this year, 109 to 104 when not. The only quarterback with more than 100 dropbacks who can say that. So they're getting their mileage out of him right now. Pretty interesting. Josh Jacobs. Um, this isn't a great matchup for him against the Jets. They're pretty stout against the run. They can't. They're not very good against um, the pass uh, to the wire, to the running back. But Josh Jacobs haven't really proven he has that in his game yet. So I I don't know. You know, if we can lean on that, um, he's yet to top three receptions or 30 receiving yards in a game or score a receiving touchdown. So probably have to fade him. But in seasonal, of course, you're going to play him. Wide receiver wise, Tyrell Williams going to try to be in play. It's all about the slot, though, uh, against uh, the Jets here. So they move him into the slot. OK, 
Um, but whoever's in the slot is going to have the best opportunity to get some points. Um, tight end-wise, Wallace should have some room, I think. The Raiders are bottom 10 defense against slot wide receivers. So on the other side of things, Crowder is primarily... Um, He's in play. He plays primarily 74% of the time. His routes come from the slot. So we like him. He's a really good cash game play this week for DFS. Um, Darnold, though, don't need to play him, though. He's just not steady enough for me. And he shouldn't be for you either in any format. Um, except maybe, you know, uh, two quarterback leagues or something, something weird like that. Wide receiver-wise in seven games with Sam Darnold under center, Jamison Crowder has averaged a team-high 8.4 targets and 16 fantasy points per game. So again, just more evidence that he's going to be able to do this, right? Um, he has, so 74% of his routes from the slot, like we said, and he's faced a top 15 slot wide receiver um, defender by fantasy points per game allowed in six of these seven games. So he's been getting tough matchups in the slot. And this is not a tough matchup in the slot. He has three straight games with over 70 yards and a touchdown. So everything, everything, everything is pointing towards Crowder this week. Darnold's targeted Crowder on 24% of his throws. What more do you want? I have all types of stats to say play Crowder. Chris Herndon is on um, IR now. So Griffin is locked in as the Jets' top tight end. Um... He should be in play this week for DFS. We recommend him. Jamal Adams, he's pretty special. He's um he's taking on a really really good role uh, for them. He's a unique defender. He's been they've been lining him up as a true edge rusher beyond simply having him as a add on blitzer from his safety spot. This week he lined up on the edge 14 times, rushed the passer on 13 times, and had three sacks and a hit leading the team in both sacks and total pressure. So, Jamal Adams, real deal. At the safety position, providing pressure on the edge there. Six most receiving yards per game to the running back position is what this Jets defense does, though. Um, so, that's, again, like how you want to attack them. But we, but we don't think that the Raiders are going to be able to do that and pull that off. So, um, in this game, though, um, I do think that the Raiders will be able to do enough to win this game. The Jets aren't a great team right now. They are at home. Their defense should play well in this one, I think. But I think that the Jets, if they can lean on their defense, force uh, Donald to make a mistake or two, they win this one. Reload. All right, our next one is the Seahawks at the Eagles. Second highest over-under of 49 points. That's the Seahawks uh, and the Eagles. So, I like this game um, for the Seahawks. Th their center Justin Britt's out, right? So that we have to see how this affects things, especially running the ball for Carson. But in terms of pass blocking as well, it's going to be really interesting to see where this takes them, right? Um, for the Seahawks, uh, Chris Carson probably not in play this week. Um, DK Metcalf, however, definitely in play, and not even so much Lockett. Because the Eagles are really good against the um, like slot receiver, but the outside guys, yeah, you can get them there. So Metcalf has eight plus targets in three of his last four games after not target after not having seven targets in any of his first six. So he's a focal point. Definitely can play him in all formats this week for sure. Um, at the tight end position, don't know. Uh, how much production we're going to get there because the Eagles are fairly stout against that. Um, defensively, the Seahawks, um, they want to try to make maybe Wentz make some mistakes um, and just not give it all away. Um, I think they can have a decent day, actually. The Eagles, um, but I like Wentz, though. I if, if Jeffrey plays, he has this, you know, I know Aguilar's banged up, too. If they play, he has this arrangement of weapons here, um, and he should be able to get some things done. Running the ball, I think that Jordan Howard can be fairly effective. Um, Ertz is coming off back-to-back -back promising performances with 18.4 and 28.3 fantasy points. This is a soft matchup for him. Goddard's in play because as much attention as they're showing Ertz, Goddard's left alone. And the tight end position is where you attack this team. So even if they do play solidly against Ertz, which I don't think they will, Goddard's the second receiver. So I like these two guys to be the top receivers as opposed to any other receivers, if that makes sense. The Eagles are allowing the second fewest rushing yards to running back. So again, Carson, probably not a great day for him. 
Um, you know, this game is going to be close because it's in Philadelphia, but I do think the Seahawks win. Reload. All right, our next game is the Lions at the Redskins, and Lions going to have to roll with Jeff Driscoll. Potentially, Matt Stafford's done for the rest of the season, so they've had a great year. They've done a lot more than most people thought they could, but injuries got the best of this team on a lot of different fronts, so it is what it is for the Lions. Um, Scarborough going to get some run this week. Should find a little bit of room. Should find a little bit of room. Um, they're going to have to lean on Jeff Driscoll, though. And I think that uh, Galladay is in play for sure. I even like Marvin Jones a little bit this week. He proved last week that he's you know proficient enough. And I know it's only one week, but it didn't look terrible. So um, everything should be fine. Probably not playing Hawkinson at tight end. Defensively, the Lions could be in play. Um, we know that Darius Slay is going to shadow McLaurin. So I don't know. I, I think I downgrade him there. I don't think I like him there. So... I think this is a downgrade for him, for the Redskins, for Haskins. It's definitely a downgrade. Fifth worst fantasy points allowed per game to opposing defenses is the Redskins. So that's why I like the Lions. And I can really see them winning this one on the road. Um, running back wise, though, Geis, I think he's in play. I think I know it's him and AP splitting, but he's going to get his run. And I like what I've seen from him. So I'm interested there. Um, wide receiver wise, like I said, McLaren going to get, you know, shadowed. So maybe Quinn can get a little bit of run, but that's about all that we see there. Um, defensively, I mean, the Lions, like they're playing a lot of backups, right? So the Redskins could have a decent day. It should be a pretty close game, but I think in the end, the Lions can actually win this game. Reload. All right. Our next game is the Jaguars at the Titans. And you know, the funny thing is with the way this division is going, both these teams still have a chance at the division. So these game, these division games are gritty and it's coming down to meaning something. For the Jaguars, they have Nick Foles back. And I know they didn't win last week, but um, he looks capable of getting the ball downfield. So the Titans are going to have to be worried about that. This puts the this put, takes some pressure off of Fournette too. They're going to have to legitimately play defense on the back end. And this is going to help out Fournette. They're going to have to worry about the play action. Um, I like Fournette this week. I think he's a little too expensive in DFS world. But I like Fournette this week for sure. And um, I like this balanced offense against the Titans here. Um, wide receiver wise, I, you know, I'm going to recommend Westbrook for DFS purposes. But like they could all be in play. The thing is we just don't know who or which one. They could spread it around because there's so much talent there. DJ Chark should see a fair amount of attention, though. We can count on that. And he's been able to produce, even with um, Nick Foles last week getting uh, getting his work in. So we like him. We like them. Tight end-wise, nothing to worry about. Defensively, the Jaguars allowed over 200 rushing yards this past week, over 300 over the past two weeks. And to three different backs, they allowed 100 yards to two different backs for the Colts. And then 100 yards the previous week. So if I'm the Titans, what do you think I'm doing? I'm running the football. They have Derrick Henry, who just ran all over the Chiefs. 188 yards, so on and so forth. So we see if they're smart, this is what they're going to do. Tannehill shouldn't have a terrible day, but shouldn't have to do a lot, right? So I can't really recommend him or any of these receivers or the tight end because, honestly, they may get a little bit of work in. But he, I don't know if he's even going to have to get 200 yards if they can just pound the rock and pound the rock. And do it like that um the titans defense they are a stout bunch they play fairly well but i think nick Foles and the jaguars can test them this week and again this is not the same jaguars team so they're gonna have their hands full trying to figure out you know what sort of a plays this balanced team runs um now this is a divisional game the titans are at home man this is a tough one but i'm gonna have to give it to the titans uh because they're at home i'll give them the edge but it's a pick them in my opinion reload all right our next game is the cowboys uh oh and the other thing is lashawn sims who stepped in for malcolm butler after he's placed on ir so that's why there should be a little bit more room in that uh, to throw against that titan secondary all right next game is the cowboys at the patriots now 
Dak Prescott, this is going to be a tough matchup for him right here. Um, it's not going to be a lot of room to throw the ball. The Patriots, we know what they've been able to do all year. Zeke Elliott's got a tough matchup too, but he's the path to victory. So if I'm the Cowboys, you want to try to run it a little bit more. Um, Amari Cooper's going to be tasked with dealing with Stephon Gilmore, so he's in a bad scenario. Um, you know, the I would say, honestly, Jason Witten, probably not a bad look this week. He should be able to help them out uh, and help out Dak Prescott in terms of checkdowns and moving the ball. But Zeke Elliott's the path to victory for sure. Defensively, um, you know, since joining the Cowboys from the Patriots, Michael Bennett has three sacks in three games. While with the Patriots, Bennett had a total of just 10 pressures through six games. Now through three games with the Cowboys, he already surpassed that with 15. So he's settling in nicely there. Dallas defense ranks fifth best against opposing slot wide receivers. So we know that's what Edelman does his damage. And so the uh, Patriots are going to have their hands full as well. And so is Tom Brady. But, you know, running the football is they're going to have to try to run it a little bit. But the thing about it is, like, I know they know they're susceptible to the run. And if I'm like, I'm just thinking that if I'm them, they want to try to score, put points on you, get you down to force you to pass because they know that they don't play the run as well. So they want to try to take your ability to run away. So I see them as coming out against this good Dallas team. And trying to put some points on the board right away. I think they're going to try to test things with you know everything that they can. James White getting passes. Brady trying to connect to his receivers. Sanu. I mean, it's all in play. Now, the wide receiver core isn't the greatest. They don't have a tight end to speak of here in New England. But they're going to use what they have, I think, and try to put pressure on the Cowboys to keep up as opposed to plod basically um stefan gilmore allowing the fourth lowest passer rating in coverage at 43.5 so again it's not looking great for mark cooper gilmore has allowed more than 60 yards in coverage just one time this year so they should have a pretty good game here but i think the patriots win this one they bounce back in a good way we'll take the pats reload all right we get ourselves a nice sunday night game packers at the 49ers here and the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, it's going to be tougher through the air. They haven't really, they've been balanced all year. So I don't see why they go away from that. This is an Aaron Jones game. You want to try to run him as much as possible. Devontae Adams is going to have his hands full. Um, the rest of these receivers are going to have their hands full. Jimmy Graham, uh, I think, can get in the box in the end zone. Uh, if he's lurking around, I don't see why that's not possible. So something to look at there. Um, but defensively, um, I think that the Packers are going to show up. It's a primetime game. They're going to be motivated here. They're going to want to try to keep it close. Um, and the, and But the thing is, the Niners' biggest strength is their biggest weakness too, right? So we're going to have to see what happens. The defense only allowed two touchdowns or one 20-point fantasy day to opposing receivers since week five. So... On the other side of the ball, the 49ers probably not going to be slinging in a bunch. And they haven't with Jimmy G. They haven't with Garoppolo at all. Coleman, though, got the green light here. This team is all, and it's almost like they the Packers invite you to run. Well, the Niners don't need an invitation. They want to run anyway. So fully in play this week. Uh, Sanders is a little banged up. Uh, Kittle is banged up. Don't know if he's going to go. Um, but running the ball is the way to go. The defense should keep them in the game. Um, they're, they're going to uh, keep the Packers moving the ball on the ground. So they're going to have to just, I mean, it's just the ground is the way for both teams here, in my opinion. But I do think I'll give the edge to the home team. And I'm going to say the 49ers find a way to win this one. All right, it's our last shot. So we're going to go ahead and reload and make it a good one. It is the Rams, or I'm sorry, the Ravens at the four, at the Rams. And in the Coliseum, I was there for Sunday Night Football. It's a great stadium. But Ravens at Rams here. Rams going to have their hands full. Um, uh, Lamar Jackson now ranks top five in PFF passing grade. So getting it done through the air. Getting it done on the ground. The past four weeks, he's leading all qualifying quarterbacks in passer rating. On throws with less than two and a half seconds in the pocket at 143.1 in passer rating. And throws with 2.5 seconds or more in the pocket at 141.0. So whether he's had a little bit of time or a lot of time, Lamar Jackson has been able to uh, be productive. And he's had good passer ratings. 
he's going to be a handful for the Rams to deal with. The Rams trying to get into form here, try to make a playoff push, but might be too little too late. This is going to be a very tough matchup, but they are at home. The crowd will be behind them. We'll see if they're able to pull it out, right? Um, as far as Mark Ingram goes, I think he's in play too. He should have himself a decent day for sure. These Rams wide receivers can't really be counted on uh, outside of Cooper Cup. And honestly, I just think Marcus Peters maybe shadows him. Um, so I don't know how productive he's going to be. And they'll have to lean on, you know, just they're, like they're in trouble in my opinion. Um, the Ra the Ravens defense has been playing better. They're going to be there all day long hitting them. For the Rams, they're going to have to lean on um, balanced play, in my opinion. Bobby Evans at right tackle in particular looks good and maybe should be replacing Havenstein. He allowed zero pressures from 21 pass blocking snaps last week. So, you know, you can probably upgrade internally here, right? Like, you don't need to hit the waiver wire, hit the streets. Uh, you could probably make an upgrade by just switching him out for Havenstein, who struggled all year. But golf going to struggle mightily in this one. Um, talked about receiver-wise. Not sure if he's going to be able to find these guys. Um, you know, you got to try to run the ball with Gurley a little bit. Pass the ball to Gurley. Um, tight end-wise, it's not a great game for Gerald Everett either. Their defense is going to have their hands full. I don't know. I just, you know, I will say that for the Rams, what they have is going for them that they're at home. And if you got some momentum. But I think it's just too much, and I give this game to the Ravens. So those are our games for the week. You now know what I think is going to happen, and hopefully you can use that to make some good choices and uh, fill your lineups. So good luck to everybody. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks. We'll give you GPP picks. And we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. All right, time for our DFS picks to end this show here. And going to keep it real straightforward for you this week. Um, guys, I don't know if I'm going to have the chance to put the stuff up on the um, website. So you just have to listen closely with the podcast. But it's all right here, nonetheless. Quarterback keeping it straightforward this week. Um I have a, one suggestion for cash game for you, and I'm going to give you three GPPs. So, Russ Wilson, $6,800 for GPPs. Jameis Winston, $6,200 for GPPs. I think those guys are in play. And then Carson Wentz, $5,600 for cash. That's our cash game quarterback this week. We're going to go with him. And then uh, Jeff Driscoll, $5,500. Um... We're going to go with him for GPPs if you want to take a stab at that. Running back-wise, a um, little bit more opportunity here. Um, so Kamara, $8,200 for GPPs. Saquon Barkley, $7,900 for GPPs. Samuels and Henry, if you want. I feel like their price is a little up there, $7,200 and $6,900 for GPPs for both of them. But sure, David Montgomery, $5,500 for um, cash games. I'm okay with that. Devin Singletary, $5,400 for GPPs. Philip Lindsay, $5,200 for cash. Geis, $4,700 for cash. Michelle, $4,600 for cash. So cash, we're going to pay down for running back this week and pay up at other positions like wide receiver and possibly quarterback. Um, wide receivers, Julio Jones, $8,000 for GPPs in play. Uh, maybe even for cash if you want to put him in play too. That's fine. Evans from the Tampa Bay Bucks and Godwin. Evans is 73. Godwin 72. We're going to say Evans for GPP and Godwin for cash. Okay. Galladay $6,600. That's the cash game this week. That's a cash play. Um, Calvin Ridley. Falcons $6,500. Good GPP play this week. And then um, for GPPs at $6,300 we have DK Metcalf. You can play him. At $6,200 for cash, uh, Crowder. Jameson Crowder's in play. Marvin Jones Jr., $6,100 for GPPs. And I'm going to recommend um, Westbrook, D.D. Westbrook, $4,600 for GPPs. But I'm okay with any of those Jag receivers you want to take a stab on in, D in, um, in uh, GPPs. I feel like Shark is a little too expensive for cash games. Um, Gage, $3,900 for GPPs. If you want to take a spot at it, that's okay. 
he got in the box last week. They reviewed it and said he bobbled it and called it back, but um, hopefully he can reproduce. Tight end-wise, Ertz, 6,000 for GPPs at the top. He's definitely in play. Going back and forth, I guess I'll let you have him. Griffin and Olsen, $4,200 cash for Griffin, $4,100 GPP for Olsen, but I went back and forth on that. Goddard, 3700 cash or GPP, and I'm probably going to use him a lot myself. Cameron Bray, 3600 if you want for GPPs, that's okay. But then Witten, 3500 for GPPs. Of the two, I would pick Witten. And then Watson, $3,100 for cash with New England if you want. And then finally, defensively, the Steelers, $4,000 cash game play. And then the Bills, $3,400 cash game play. And then for GPPs this week, I'm going to use the Saints, $3,300. Those are my picks for the week. Hopefully that helps you guys round out your lineups. Good luck, everybody. 12 in a nutshell guys thanks so much for listening uh try to get out a little earlier next week but more importantly we're gonna have something for you for i think like i said the thanksgiving slate too so i'll try to get something out via the web page or uh the facebook page or something or through twitter i'll let you guys know exactly what we'll have for you but we will not leave you hanging but that is our show for today appreciate you listening you guys know this is your home for football and fantasy football where we learn scout win and repeat until next time this is the process. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.